Welcome to Office Hours, a podcast presented by College Fashionista. It's Amy here. This week, I chatted with Chriselle Lim, founder and creative behind the Chriselle Factor. Over the past decade, Chriselle has built quite an impressive empire and shares with us tips on how to succeed in this space. Enjoy our conversation and welcome to 2018. Hi, this is Chriselle. Hey, Chriselle. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your career path and how you got your start? Sure. So it all really started once I figured out that I wanted to do fashion. I was actually going to school doing something completely different. A lot of people don't know this, but I was an accounting major. <laughs> really? Where um, were you in school? Because I was at Cal Poly. Okay. And... I don't know. I really didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. So my parents were like, you know, your cousin has a great job and he studied. He was an accountant. So why don't you just study accounting? So I was like, okay. So I just went for it <laughs> without really doing my research. And I soon realized that it's not what I wanted to do. And then I always loved fashion. I always knew that that was something that I just had a thing for, but never knew that I could make a career out of this. So that wasn't even in my mind at the time. But at that college, they really had a small, small uh, fashion program. It was under their agricultural department because it had to do a lot with, like, fabrics and textures. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I signed up for it, and I fell in love with it. And that's when I decided that I wanted to transfer over to a fashion school. And I went to FITM. I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising and studied merchandise marketing, and that's kind of how it all began. So it was really kind of an imperative part of your educational experience that you switched from accounting to fashion. Like, if you would have stayed in that accounting path, um, do you feel like you would have been set up to to start your own brand, or, and do you feel like FITM really helped you do that? Because I know, you know, backing into the question, I know a lot of our students struggle with, is their major um, really important to what they do long term? And if they aren't in a major that they like, should they change? Yeah, I think going to your question of if I felt like I would be where I'm at today and have my own brand, if I was still studying accountant, accounting, um, most likely no, just because I was studying accounting because my parents told me to. And I think once you go down that path, it's never ending. And I probably would have just kept at it. I'm the type of person that just kind of keeps going with things. And no matter if it's good or bad, I'm just like, you know, I got here this far, like I might as well just keep going. So who knows where I would be today? I, you know, I think I've always kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit in me in starting businesses. So I most likely would have started a business in something but would it have been my passion with fashion? Probably not. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, you're such a a good daughter that you listen to your parents like that. I think that <laughs> that's really admirable. Yeah, back then, I'm the first generation um, to be here in the States. My parents were born and raised in Korea, and they were doing the best they could. Like, that's all they knew. And they knew that coming to America, living the American dream was really to go to college and get a good job. And that's what they were trained to do. And they didn't know any better. You know, they didn't know that 
we can make a career out of our passion and still have a sustainable income as well. Like that was not in the picture. No one ever taught them that. So I don't blame my parents ever. They were only teaching what they knew. Yeah, and the working world is so different now. I mean, at least in the states, for for people's parents who did grow up in the states, you know, our parents were in a generation of a tremendous amount of loyalty to companies. Right? They would be at a company or a job for twenty years, thirty years. Where it's just so different now. So parents and advisors are great for guidance, but we are kind of a generation of paving our own path. So it's a lot of going after like your gut intuition and what feels right to you, which is exactly what you did. Yeah, exactly. After Fitum, talk to me about the next steps that you took to launching your own brand. Sure. So after Fitum, actually this was all during Fitum. And I'm just going to be really honest, I, I was not the best student throughout high school or college, but I just always showed up. Like I always showed up and I never missed class, but when it came to actually studying and all that, uh, I was the most engaged student, I guess you can say. And that was mainly because... I was very much a hands-on person. So for me to actually learn about something, I want to go do it myself instead of like reading it from a textbook or learning about it on a paper, which is equally as important. But I think it's also important to get dirty and just get in the field and actually do it yourself. So during my years in in FITM, and the one thing that's really great about (laughs) the school was that they uh, encourage internships. And and you actually could count it as a class. So I got school credit from doing internships. Once I got my internship, it led me to another internship because someone would refer me. And that's how I kind of figured out the industry. So my very first internship was at a small PR firm, and they were starting off their LA office. So I kind of helped them set up everything. And it was not glamorous at all, but I met a lot of amazing people And from there, I realized that PR wasn't for me. And then I moved on to interning for a stylist. And she styled a lot of A-list celebrities. And that is where I found my true love of styling. After my internship, I actually met a really, really popular YouTuber. A lot of you guys might be familiar with her. Her name is Michelle Fawn. Of course. Um, She does three tutorials on YouTube. Yes, we love her. Yeah, she's amazing. We met a long time ago, and I had no idea what this YouTube thing was. I had no idea. This is pre-Instagram, by the way. This is what? Social yeah, this what is year old. is this? This was 2009, Okay, I believe. So a while back. Yeah. So, yeah, I just started hanging out with her. She kind of, like, showed me the ropes of, like, what YouTube is about. And then I realized soon enough that there was no one doing fashion on YouTube. Everyone was doing beauty. A lot of people were doing, you know, comedy videos, videos about their cats, um, beauty tutorials, but no one from the fashion industry talking about fashion. So that's when I, I felt like I was able to create something unique and different. And I started my YouTube channel and... That was in 2010. 
and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> you were really lucky. I mean, total right person to meet to help guide you through the YouTube world. Do you have any advice for students who don't necessarily have um, such a, a strong mentor to guide them through when they are setting up their own YouTube presence? Because I feel like at this point, there's a lot of saturation with everything on YouTube. Um, how does one really build a following and build a brand that's different than one exists? Well, I think, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. The pro back then was, you know, there's a big opportunity because there weren't that many channels and it wasn't as saturated. The con was there was no Instagram, there was no social media. There, there was nothing besides Facebook and YouTube where you could actually connect with people. Nowadays, even though the market is a little bit more saturated and there's a lot more channels and blogs and a lot more influencers to follow, the opportunity as the industry grew, it just allowed people to connect with each other even more. And there's just more opportunity for everyone now. Because back then, it was very, very rare that someone was able to make a business out of a YouTube channel. It was mainly because she just loved to creating tutorials and having followers. No one was talking about how to make it into a business. But now that it's become its own industry, I think there's so many more opportunities. And as far as like, how do you connect with people? How do you meet people? I think just social media in general allows us to become friends and just connect with people that you look up to and access to influencers and celebrities is a lot more viable now just because of all the outlets like I'm now friends with so many celebrities that I would have never thought I would be ever friends with just because through social media it allowed us to connect with them yeah I think it it humanizes people a lot social media totally yeah and I always do something at least one every season I always try to contact someone that I'm so afraid of like afraid of (laughs) like who's the latest person I really look up to (laughs) (laughs) a lot in the tech industry like I actually have like this tech side in me that I I, a lot of people don't know about that I look up to of like women that have built companies so I've like messaged CEOs in like the most random places like I even messaged Cheryl Sandberg one time she didn't get back to me but I messaged her also Like, you have nothing to lose. And those people are probably never going to reach out to you. So it takes you putting yourself out there to start a connection. So Cheryl Sandberg, we're both waiting on a response from her. Yeah, we're we're waiting on you, Cheryl. (laughs) I like that. I think that's a really good goal to kind of share with our community to, to set for themselves is to put yourself out there and reach out to someone who really inspires you, whether it's someone like Cheryl Sandberg or someone you know, a couple years out of college that you really like what they're doing and you think they're on a great track. Now speeding things up, you've been building your brand for quite some time and you've evolved it tremendously and into really a full business. What part of, of your business excites you the most and where do you focus a majority of your time? So I started my business with content creation, so creating content for our followers, whether it be on the blog or YouTube. Now, we've evolved it into a production business, so I still have the the content business. On the other side, we have production studios, which is 
my team creating content for other brands. So not necessarily me having to be present, like actually being in the content, but it's more of my eye and my vision of creatively directing their campaign. For instance, we just wrapped a project with Valentino, one of my favorite luxury brands on their Christmas campaign. So that was a lot of fun. And it's also very challenging because I've been creating content for myself for the past, I guess, 10 years now. But now it's about creating content for also other brands in their voice. So kind of taking me out of my own element. And it's really challenging. And I think that's why I am so excited about it. To take it to another step and to really challenge ourselves, I think this has been the most exciting thing for us. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really an impressive part of you as a CEO is that it's like you just said it. It would be so easy for you to continue to do what you've done. But you, you know, you're a true entrepreneur that you want to challenge yourself and always be excited. And um, I think your studio side of your business is so smart and such a natural extension for you. So that that's really awesome. With all of these projects that you're working on, how do you create work-life balance for yourself? (laughs) I talk a lot about work-life balance because everyone has a different idea of what balance is. And I think balance is really kind of all mental. But um, I've realized the more I try to chase balance, the less I have a grasp of it. I kind of ban the word balance from my whole life in general and I like to call it a seesaw because I realized that when I was trying to chase balance for so long and I wanted that balance for life I would have a grasp of it for like a few days and then all of a sudden I would get another travel gig and like my life kind of feels thrown off again so balance for me it's very hard to grasp because you could it's very it's fleeting at the moment Life is more like a seesaw for me, and that's when I feel, quote-unquote, more balanced. Um, There are going to be seasons when work is a lot heavier, and your personal life is going to have to kind of give a bit, and vice versa. There are going to be times when your personal life is going to be demanding of you, whether it be your family or a sibling. I always say that you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. I think that's really smart because... With the start of the new year, everything I feel like that is coming into my inbox or that my friends are even discussing is like about setting up kind of like a new system for your year, right? And it's kind of hard to set like such overarching large goals for yourself because that's just not how life goes. It's like in ebbs and flows. So I like that you say that about Seesaw and you're like honest with yourself. Like right now it might be personal and right now it might be work and like you're okay with that because you know it's going to swing the other way at some point. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to be realistic and just know that there's going to be seasons for everything. Yeah, and I think relating it back to our college students' life, for our juniors and seniors in college, it's a stressful semester because internships are underway for for summer for our juniors and then for our seniors, it's graduation and it's this feeling of like, what am I doing with my life? And what I always try to put in perspective and tell our students this time of year is like, Like, enjoy this semester. Like, be in the moment of this semester because you're going to be out of school soon and then you're going to have that on your plate. And, you know, you're going to sort out a job. It's going to happen. But if you are constantly stressed about what it is that you're doing next, like, 
it's not effective or efficient for for anything. So I think that's like a good way to look at it. Like this this next season that our students are approaching is like it's your last semester of school or it's your semester before your internship and kind of acknowledge where you are and what's happening and know that like the next part will occur. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with you. Just be in the moment, be present. You know, you want to give it your all when you're when you're fully there. So I agree with you. Something that um, Hillary Kerr, who we interviewed, said that has stuck with me and I like keep driving it home is in college, you have the luxury of time. And I feel like you never really have the luxury of time after college because things just become more chaotic. And it's like almost enjoy that you have so much time on your hands, whether it might not seem like it, to just like explore and educate yourself and do whatever it is that you like genuinely enjoy because it it becomes hard to just do passion projects post-college. Yeah, I was actually reading about something like this about creating and being creative. I think, you know, in the field that I'm in with beauty and fashion, it's so important to to be creative and always have new ideas. But when you're constantly running on deadlines and you're working from project to project, it's really hard to be your most creative self. But, you know, when you do have the luxury of time and no deadlines, I mean, of course you have deadlines on the midterm, but, you know, start a creative project that no one is telling you that you have to finish it by X, Y, and Z date because, you could be as creative as you want. You could, you know, something might come out of that. And that's something that I'm constantly trying to do now. For sure. It's a, a goal I think we, you know, all want to strive for in this next year on our team and something I hope our audience really takes advantage of. Um, leaving off, do you have a personal mantra that you try to live by? I do. It's a little long. Um, I don't have it memorized on top of my head, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase it for you. It probably won't sound that sexy, but I'm going to do my best. Go for it. This quote I really love because it talks about being present. It talks about man always worried about the future. And then once the future comes, he's worried about the future again. And then he's always working so hard to make money but then once he makes money he gets sick because he's been working so hard to create that money and then he just dies so he's never lived in the present because he's always tried to live in the future and keep doing things in the future but I kind of live by that because I used to be so obsessed with building my future and my career which was so important and vital to what I do to get to where I'm at today but you know not to the point where I have to sacrifice my health because if you lose your health, you really have nothing and it's really important to be present. So, and you only get the present once. <laughs> I like the the summary. Yeah, send me the exact quote. I want to read it. But I'll send you the quote. <laughs> no, but I think that that's a really good note to leave on and really uh, as our students head back to school this, this month, um, just to try to think about that and their day-to-day, to be present, to enjoy your time with your friends, to enjoy the classes you're in, to enjoy the free time you have, and know that the future will come. Your careers will come. All those next things will come, but there's no time like now, right? There's no time to, there's no other time you're going to be in college, so enjoy it. Exactly. 
I love it. Well, it's so awesome, everything that you've done. We're huge, huge fans of yours, and I'm really excited to see what 2018 brings for you and your team. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a big fan of the podcast, and you're doing amazing work. Thanks, Chriselle, for joining Office Hours. And thanks to you for tuning in. Be sure to check out our episode next month. See ya!